In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to get straight to it today, cut to the chase. I don't want to beat around the bush because, dear brothers and sisters, we are all in danger. We're in danger of falling into the temptation of living a half-hearted faith. A half-hearted faith, it's, it's one whose commitment is conflicted. It's a, a heart whose devotion is divided, whose focus is in constant fluctuation. And, and maybe you'll recognize some of the symptoms of a half-hearted faith. A half-hearted faith is one that prays, but usually just when it needs something. A half-hearted faith is one that worships, but only when there's not a better offer on the table, and certainly never on vacation. Half-hearted faith, it's, it's one that serves its brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, but only when it's asked, only when, when there's a little bit of extra time. Uh, it's not seeking out opportunities to sacrifice. A half-hearted faith, it's one that gives, it puts money in, in the plate, but only when it remembers, or only when there's a little bit of extra at the end of the month. It's not a, a purposeful giving, a prayerful giving. A half-hearted faith, it's, it's one that, that is segmented into chunks of time, Sunday morning, Bible study, a few moments with coffee in the morning, a few minutes before bed at night. But the rest of the day, the rest of the week, God is functionally absent. He's not filling our hearts or, or minds or thoughts. Uh, a half-hearted faith, it's one that talks about Jesus and shares the faith, but only when it's comfortable. Uh, not when it might ruffle any feathers or get us any funny looks or leave us on the outside. Uh, in fact, I, I just heard a st statistic this week that three-fourths, 75% of American Christians, Christians of all people, three-fourths of American Christians have fewer than 10 spiritual conversations a year. Can you believe that? I mean, isn't that a symptom? of a half-hearted faith that infects 75% of us, right? Because if we had hearts full of faith, don't you think that we would be talking about Jesus all of the time? <laughs> We'd have hundreds of conversations about him. But there's a temptation in our world today to live a, a half-hearted faith. But you know, there are some things in life that are worth devoting our whole hearts to. And I think you'd probably agree that God is one of them. And maybe you even, even experience what it's like to commit yourself, to devote yourself fully to something, and the blessing that comes with that, right? You've, you've probably seen how it's just not worth devoting half a heart to some things, but other things, when you commit yourself to them, when you're devoted to them, that, that you're blessed by that. There's a beauty in it. Even if you don't see the results that you were hoping to see, that you learn and grow when you commit yourself to something. Uh, that, that's a lesson that I learned. I remember, I learned it very well. I was in 10th grade, sophomore year of high school. And to that point in my life, I had gotten good grades, but was not a great student. Uh, I was doing just the minimum in order to get the grades that I wanted or my parents wanted me to get. Uh, but I, I never really pushed myself in any class or on any subject. But then in 10th grade, sophomore year, I took an AP US history class, advanced history. And I was committed. I was devoted to this class. I remember studying hard, taking my textbook home every day. My parents would quiz me. I, I had these flashcards that I made with every topic, every vocab word, every place, every date I needed to know, every major battle we were supposed to, to learn about, right? And I would put these flashcards in a gallon Ziploc bag. I'd stick them in my backpack and I'd pull them out at lunchtime, during breaks, on the bus. And I kind of became known for it. My, my friends would poke fun at me for always having these flashcards around, but I was devoted. 
And you know, at the end of the class, I ended up doing really well. On, on the final, I got the highest score, a five out of five. But as I thought about it this week, it occurred to me that even if I hadn't gotten that grade, right, even if I had gotten a four or three or a, or a two, that I still would have been blessed, right? That it was worth committing myself to, that I still would have learned and, and growed, uh, grown through that experience of devoting to myself and, and giving all my, my focus to that class. I would have been blessed regardless. Again, some things are just worth committing to, devoting ourselves to, uh, coming at with a full heart. And, and God, of course, is most certainly one of those things, one of those people. You know, in our reading for today from Acts chapter 13, we get this beautiful picture of a church devoted to God, the, the church in Antioch. That's, that's who we read about at the beginning of that passage. And these of our brothers and sisters, this little Christian church, they, they seem committed, right? They seem laser-focused, on God. First, we hear that as they seek God's guidance, they go to him in worshiping and, and fasting. These are, are practices that, that show their commitment, right? And then after they receive that guidance and God gives them uh, the job that he wants them to do, then they, they respond to that with more fasting and, and prayer. And again, these are habits that reflect a deep commitment to God. I mean, what else is worship but bowing down before God, giving him our time and our attention and our praise? And isn't that what prayer is as well, right? Humbling ourselves before our mighty God. And anyone who's ever fasted knows how hard it is that you have to be pretty committed to do it. Uh, most of us can't imagine going a few hours without food. And, and the fact that these Christians were committed and devoted to fasting proves their devotion and commitment and their focus on God. So I don't know about you, but I would like to be a little bit more like these Antioch Christians. I don't know about you, but I, I want to be more purposeful in my prayers. I don't want to just pray when I need something from God. I, I want to be intentional in my worship, right? I, I want worship to be a non-negotiable in my life, and I want to come to it with focus, right? Not just out of habit. I, I, I want to give generously as God has given to me. I don't want to just give God my leftovers or my extras, right? But I want to be purposeful and prayerful in my giving. I want to serve the Lord and, and his people, right? Not just when it's convenient for me or when I have some extra time, but I want to look for ways to sacrifice for the good of the body of Christ. I want to be diligent in my study of God's word. I don't want, I don't want my, my faith to be something that's segmented in, into certain corners of my life. I want it to fill every hour, every day, every week, of my time, right? I, I want to have hundreds of spiritual conversations about Jesus. I, I want to be talking about him all of the time. I want to be committed, devoted, focused. I want to give God my whole heart. Because, you know, friends, that's what he's given us. God has given us his whole heart. And in fact, Jesus does nothing half-heartedly, does he? <laughs> Right? He, he proves himself over and over and over again to be totally committed, utterly devoted, focused on us in love. And, and I think we see that beautifully in our passage as well for today. Uh, maybe you caught it as you read through Acts chapter 13, but three times, three times, God gives to his people the gift of his spirit. It says that he fills them with his spirit. And he doesn't just fill them half full, right? It's not like he's just giving them a little bit of the spirit. No, he they're, they're full of the Spirit. They're full, fully full of the, the Spirit. And, and first, it's the Spirit that fills the church in Antioch, all of those Christians there, and it fills them to guide them, right? In the ways that it wants them to go, it, it guides them in, into this plan that God has to send out Paul and Barnabas to share the good news of Jesus. And, and then it's the Spirit that fills Paul and Barnabas. It's, it sends them out to where 
he wants them to be. And, and then it's the Spirit that fills Paul, giving him the words to say as he confronts this sinful sorcerer, this magician named Bar-Jesus. See, God has a plan. His plan is to share his love for the world because he has a heart for the world, for all people, for Jew and Gentile. And he is so committed to that plan that he is going to do whatever it takes to see that plan through. And so as he sends his people out to share his love, he doesn't leave them out empty-handed, right? He doesn't just leave it the chance that they'll figure it out. No, he equips them fully. He fills them with his spirit so that they and the world might come to know of and grow in his love. Your God is totally committed to you with all of his heart. We see it in the Father who gave his one and only Son to die for the sins of the world. We see it in the Son who gave up his life, everything, for you. We see it in the Spirit who now fills you, just like that early church, as the deposit, the guarantee of our faith in God's love for us. We have a God who is all in, who is holding nothing back. You know, I was thinking this week, what was it about that class, that history class, that really lit a fire under me and got me going, right? Well, why was it that it was that class that I committed myself to? I had been going to school for 10 years at, at that point, and, and what was it that was different about this course? And as I thought about it, you know, I, I think it really came down to the teacher. She was an amazing teacher, and you could tell she loved the subject, and she cared about her students, and that she wasn't just going through the motions, Right? but that she really wanted us to do well, and she was equipping us to do well, and, and she was willing to take time for each and every one of us. I remember many conversations with her over the period of that course. And, and when someone shows you that kind of commitment and that devotion, and, and when they seem so focused on you, right? I mean, it's all that you can do but to return all that, right? It, it's hard not to be committed yourself and to be devoted and, and focused, when that kind of commitment and focus and devotion has been shown you. And I, I think that's true with God too. See, before we ever came to God, he came to us with total devotion, total complete love, a, a full heart, so much so that he died and then he rose. And when God has committed himself to you like that, what else can we do as his children but to devote our lives, our beings, our hearts, minds, and souls to him? So there's two things that I, I would like for us, I invite you to think about and ponder this week. And maybe it's something you pray about. Maybe it's just something you think over. Maybe it's something you journal or write down. Uh, maybe just leave some bullet points about. But here's what I want us to consider. Two things. First, I want you to consider about how you can increase your commitment to God, right? How you can show him even greater devotion. How you can give him all of your heart. And for each of us, that might look different. For some of us, maybe, maybe it's being more purposeful in our prayer life. Right? Not just going to him when we need something, but even after he's given us that thing that we need. For other, other, others of us, maybe it's our, our commitment to give to the work of God's people and to what he's doing in our community. So maybe it's sitting down and praying or talking with a spouse about our finances and, and what we're going to give to the Lord. For others of us, maybe it's our time in the word. We're going to make that a priority each and every day. For others of us, maybe it's service, giving back to the body of Christ. Maybe for others of us, it's having more of those conversations, not only when it's comfortable, but even when it does ruffle those feathers. Think about how you can come to God with a full heart, total commitment, utter devotion. And then after that, I would like for us all to ponder all of the ways that God has shown us that devotion and commitment. 
I'd like for us to think about and go back and read the stories of Scripture that show that over and over again. I think as you do, right, as, as you remember all that God has done for you and as you hear the Bible stories, what you'll see is that he is committed 100% and that you have all of his heart. In Jesus' name, amen.